0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Support WrestleTalk.
2: Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's
0: professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana.
1: Hey, I'm Double J. Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt
0: Riddle, the king of Rose.
1: Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro.
0: Support Ali. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is. support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk.
2: Rebel. Now and live. Hello and welcome to Wrestle. Oh, God damn it. My mind's not in it, Luke. My mind's on Penguin Isle. Well, we're going <laughs> to... Hello and welcome... <laughs> The healthiest wrestle talk podcast you've ever heard. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen.
1: Hello, SWAF Nation, and a hello to you, Penguin Master Oliver Davis. Got a lot of penguins. Why don't you tell everyone what it is you're talking about? Because uh, I have only just heard about this new penguin thing
2: that you are addicted to this morning. Well, that most of the world will. But this is this is something that happened around seven fifteen last night. I went home. My lady partner had got a promotion. Hey, great news. We celebrated with a delivery. A little bit of bubbly? A little bit of the what cuisine was it? It was brothy. A little bit, a little of a bit of the brothy. Little bit of the brothy. <laughs> uh it was some form of Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. I want to say uh, I I've, I've got sometimes I just see noodles. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's racist to just see cuisines as very similar to each other. It's uncultured. Some have more dumplings. Yeah, I'm ignorant. Yeah, totally. Kill me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was happening. I downloaded the De- Deliveroo app because I was having problems putting in the address with my stupid fat fingers. Oh, it's it's a problem we all have. Mm, the fingers you have used are too fat, <laughs> and it was a cruel irony considering I was trying to order food. Yeah, and on the suggested apps, mm-hmm. it just said. Hey, have you tried Penguin Isle? We think you'll like it. Yeah. And I looked at it. But why did it think you'd like it? I don't know. I think it just pushes stuff. Well, you know, you've got to. You assume that the algorithms that work beyond us all know more about us than we would like to think. Mm-hmm. Not that they've got microphones. That's not true. It's just they can learn behaviour very, very acutely. They probably the know, <laughs> yeah, because that's really efficient. Having loads of people listening to the microphones. No, oh, no, it's
1: just—it's just like it's—they've got bots to just trans, you know, transcribe what gets talked,
2: and then they just pick out certain keywords. Mm. Apparently, that's all an urban myth. I can see how people would think it, but uh, I've got my own story about do, it. Yeah. But you know, but even before then, this is like you know, ten, fifteen years ago, women would get sent coupons for. Well, that's, yeah, that's always been the way. Uh, but is that women, a bot thing as well? Yeah, um, but well, that, that's my defense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> women would get sent coupons <coughs> for nappies before they even knew they were pregnant, just by shopping behavior. Huh. Yeah, this was, you know, wow. before, this was just uh, Where did you through read loyalty this? cards. This is a, a well known, uh, I don't know. Story. It's a, okay. it's a well-known thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that you don't need microphones <laughs> to be able to actually know very acutely what people are into. Yeah. And this is, seems to be what happened with the Google Play Store. You no, know, I love penguins. Penguins are my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. I get a penguin-related item every Christmas. Yes. And I, I also like artistically stylized minimalist games. Mm-hmm. Uh, through my purchase history. What's that? There was a really good puzzle one a few months back. I can't remember it. but I played that to death. So it says, try a Penguin Isle. And I thought it was going to... But My lady partner saw it and was like, oh, that's cute. It's probably one of those things where you install it on your phone mm-hmm. and the more you don't... Have you seen these? The more you don't use your phone, the prettier it becomes. No. Yeah, so there's this app called Forest. And you start it. And the idea is to wean you off the phone. And it starts playing calming music. And the longer you don't use it, more trees grow in this garden. It becomes this beautiful thing by the course of an hour. And you're like, hey. Surely you are just watching the phone. You're not really weaned yourself off it at all. Well, I think that the idea is you're weaning yourself off the dopamine hits of Instagram notifications, WhatsApp conversations, etc. it's just a different dopamine hit. But I, I would say a, a, le, say a that, less damaging model. I would say that's counterproductive. Okay, well, it's won it's psychology awards, so <laughs> it's you versus the psychology papers. Well, bring it on, psychology Funded papers. Funded by the apps, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so it's going to be, it looks pretty, I love penguins, sure. I can put it on and I can put it on the side and we can enjoy The Apprentice tonight. And I can just see this and see what happens. It is the complete <laughs> opposite of that. It is a click and make things happen game. There is no strategy. There is no gameplay. It is purely press this cute thing, press this cute thing. And every time it has a little animation of some hearts. And the more hearts I get, the more efficient I can make my penguins into building some weird roller coaster icicle land that they all live on. I've got 47 penguins. I looked up online where I'm at in the game. I'm about four weeks into the game by normal gameplay standards. I have fallen for this hard. I'm worried about myself. I I woke up at 6am this morning and I thought, I'll just have a quick 10 minutes. An hour and a quarter. You
1: want to talk about your dopamine hits. An hour and a quarter. You woke up specifically (laughs) to get. Well, Some dopamine hits. I
2: woke up to uh, do, do my work, usual morning routine, but you
1: didn't do your work I didn't. because, like an addict, you went to do something else. I needed a penguin fix. You did.
2: So, but uh, I. This is a slippery slope, is what I'm saying. Well, yeah. I don't look at all the ice. Yeah. <laughs> right. I um. I very rarely get into such mindless brain-off entertainment, so I'm giving myself this one. I'm going to see how I am tomorrow evening. And if it's still a problem, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna hopefully step away. Dude, I've no. I you. haven't spent any money on it. That's no, well, that, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, but that is... It, it does come. I mean... It eventually comes. But there's there's a 99p package that would really help me out. That's exactly, I, I'm, I'm that's exactly how they get you. It's the
1: small incremental purchases.
2: The top one is £100. Oh, I know.
1: Yeah, it's ludicrous, isn't it? And it's because it's all fake currency as well. You're paying real money for fake currency yeah. that makes it feel like there's a really good exchange rate on it, but... There's no such thing as an exchange rate because it's not real. It's an exchange rate for happiness, though. Mm. But okay, so I've known you for a number of years now. And a very good friend of mine for a number of years. I give it f- two weeks maximum before you're bored of it, and yes. you'll you'll have just moved on to something else. Totally. It'll be it'll just be one of your two week obsessions <laughs> where it's like I cannot talk about anything other than <laughs> this. And then in the next two weeks, it's just like no, I've I've read this article about. This other thing. What's your top
2: three examples of those things? Uh, the Monzo card. Mm-hmm. Well, that's no longer in operation. <laughs> um, your backless chair. Well, I'm. I just feel a bit tired, so I haven't been using it <laughs> as know. much. You copied me. You <laughs> got a
1: backless I, chair, and I copied you with the Monzo card as well because I thought those are good oh, ideas. I but I keep up with
2: them. Mm, they are good ideas. It's just. You know, shiny penguins. <laughs> you just get bored by the
1: or get, you know, attracted by a new shiny thing mm. instead. Um
2: like Pete's tattoo covered in cocoa butter. <laughs> it was it was when he recorded his video this morning, it was hitting the light in an unfavorable way for the camera, apparently. Yeah. Well, we had this email in speaking of uh updates to Russell Talk and Russell Talk
1: Bodies. Um uh, this is from Abnerhav, who says, Dear Ollie and Luke uh from the past few days I'm feeling a little off with Russell Talk and Screenstalker. I'd like to share some concerns issues that I think the channel is facing. I know you guys are consistent with the video output, i.e. putting up more videos and relevant videos, but I feel there's a lack of consistency in the video format. I started with Ollie's Raw review a month ago and oh, everyone yeah.
2: backlashed. You guys saw it? Make your changes. Yeah, I know the exact date. That that in my mind is now the day. Yeah. It's the twenty second of October, Tuesday, the twenty second of October. That was the day. Where my life crumbled for six weeks. Oh, Breaks my heart. I had to leave you for some of it as well. Uh, for the past few
1: weeks, there's been so much change in the channel, it's hard to keep up. Super chats were removed, then put back in again.
2: That weird camera stuff that happened on the latest review and so on. <laughs> I was... I ba- The backlash to that, I I really caught me by surprise. And I Yeah, but we'll carry on.
1: Yeah. Uh, you guys are not sticking to one format, you guys are not sticking to one format, and it's not good.
2: Mm. Well, I take your, uh, so if you look at it from our point of view, we still don't know what we're doing. The whole wrestling world changed on the 2nd of October where SmackDown moved to Fox. Just uh, just a little irony as well. He then suggests changes. So just- AEW <laughs> um, started. We are, we're tasked with, 2K20 came out. We're tasked with having to keep up with AEW pay-per-views as well. It's it's really been tough going just just from a scheduling point of view and figuring out what is the most effective way to to do videos that people want to see. And we've got, you know, there's, there's so many elements that go into that, uh, including sometimes there might be a really something we really want to make a video about, but we know there won't be general interest in it. So we have to put it on the back burner. It's like a, a daily struggle to make this work. And... That th- we're still in flux, and people were complaining about the super chats. We did a two week trial i un- I understand that things might seem all over the place because they are really, mm-hmm. and we're trying to figure out the best way um so so i'm I'm sorry about that and and yeah, ScreenStalker has sort is just probably going to have to take a break for a month while we figure everything out, yeah, but it's yeah it's not it's not easy at the moment uh, on that subject. Colin emailed in to
1: say the camera cuts are unnecessary, annoying and adds nothing to the overall presentation. Kevin Rustalk confirmed.
2: I think everyone should remember how all other TV works <laughs> and in general even those style podcasts that we put on YouTube Joe Rogan they have multiple they have multiple cuts
1: I know but as I said to you the other day because we didn't have cuts from video 1 you can't then introduce mm. them in video 600 because People have got used to them a certain way, and the internet fears change.
2: Yeah, I and and like to, to compare it to Kevin Dunn is hugely disingenuous, folks. Come on, like watch Kevin Dunn's cuts. That's that's epileptic yeah. to the max. That that you can see people squatting. We have we had I watched the videos back. We had a cutting rate of about three cuts a minute. It's, it's pedestrian. Yeah. And the, the, what I think is. less than that in a Wrestle Talk News episode. Yeah, like the, the, that's the other thing. You, you go and watch your, any of our other output, and it is obnoxiously fastly cut. So I, I really. I'm not offended. <laughs> But I'm a bit disappointed in everyone's knee-jerk reaction to that because that is what it is. It's a a reaction against change. And really, I I agree, I don't think they were most effective because they weren't framed up properly. But for everyone to say, oh, Kevin Dunn, all this, 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 sorry if I'm coming off as sour. But I, I was really taken by surprise by something that is actually a significant production upgrade. Yeah, I agree. But talking of. And we put a lot of time and effort into it, and people just crap on it. So, yeah, made me sad. Talking of uh, significant
1: production upgrades, let's get into the AEW review, um, where we're asking the question is John Moxley joining Chris Jericho's Inner Circle? Here is the show.
2: John Moxley, he opened the show, which was so cool.
1: Yeah. I I said this a couple of weeks ago when he uh, came out at the end of the show to stare down Jericho. And I was like, when his music hit, I get this, like, a sense. Like, and I I get it when Kenny Omega makes an entrance as well. Mm. But I get the sense of just like, oh, I'm excited. I I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Whether it's just going to be cutting a promo.
2: (coughs) Luke out. Having a match. Or just staring someone down i'm excited to see what he's going to do uh, th- the difference between him and kenny omega though is that moxley's is arguably more exciting because he doesn't walk around in tokyo on his titantron yeah. like this he's not walking sadly through shibuya it's not even sadly it is expressionless <laughs> nothing brings me down more than omega's entrance video but moxley comes out here and yeah I- i've written down the exact same thing in my notes The show just opens. Wasn't I didn't get the intro. No, no, no. There was no intro. They just opened straight with with Mox. Cold open. Mox walks in through the crowd, and honestly, this crowd reaction. I was trying to think of a way to describe it in my notes. I've got rabid male crowd. It's just. It's like it's a different kind of sound. It's that guttural sound. It's like, and people are going to go, "Oh, I don't like the sound of that." I think, but because it's it's like. It's the safest way to enjoy violence. Like, look, mm-hmm. we are, particularly men, are, I, I, I believe, sort of geared towards in, enjoying violence a bit more. And you can see that through just, like, general interests if you crudely split people by gender. Yeah. And it's that kind of thrill when your mate is about to get in a fight at school and, you know, the excitement that spreads through the room. Dude, you remember, like, that's why I did it at university like I w- it was a thrill for me to
1: yeah. to get into fights and stuff because I was a knob but like that that was what I did and me and my mates thought like well, this is brilliant
2: Let's let's just do this more often it's why I watch the rock movies it's why I love action movies it's why I love wrestling yeah. really and it's th- th- but I d- I also don't like that part of myself no nope. cuz I'm a self-hater and but th- so this is like a really safe good way to in- to let that side of me out and moxley is the perfect avatar for it. Yeah. So if you just imagine the ultimate example of kid-friendly, yay, someone's going to beat someone up, John Cena, Mm -hmm. 2009, that sort of high-pitched kids and women, let's go Cena. Yeah. The complete opposite of that is what we're getting with Mox. I am, and this is going to be a...
1: um, this is too much of a com- like too big of a comparison. So I'm not saying it is equal. I just want to put that out in front of you now. I'm not saying this is equal, but what it reminds me of is the reaction Punk got at Money in the Bank 2011, mm. which was a that like when we did our Patreon podcast review of it, you would said like it is a a guttural like it's the deepest of deepest reactions. I'm not saying that Mox here was as over as Punk was in Chicago because that would be a ludicrous statement to make. But it was the same sound that was coming out.
2: It's coming from the same place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hard place to tap into. That's enormously genuine. And he, for me, and I think for the AEW crowd, Mox has found that route. And he's he's lodged in my heart at the moment. He's got, and he's just got superstar presence about him. He looks like such a badass when he's walking
1: to the ring. He just, he's got this swagger about him. I absolutely, I just love it so much. And they were putting over us like, oh yeah, no, you, this, he's got a really quick win. Like his quickest win was against Michael Nakazawa uh, a couple of weeks ago. So he came in here and uh, beat up this lad called Alex Reynolds in way quicker time. It was like it was a handful of seconds.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah, just boom, paradigm shift. And I just thought the, that paradigm shift was it seems like it's the same move as Dirty Deeds, but it is a completely different move yeah, and it's because of context yeah, yeah, not yeah, it's much true, has changed yeah. sure, it's a bit rougher maybe goes up a bit down at a sheer angle there's not that snap no usually
1: I've got to say as well this was an excellent crowd all night as oh well. yeah like a really really great crowd in Dallas um, and the inner circle came down to the ring and mm-hmm. um, Mox
2: also beat up John Silver
1: yes and we'll see those two later on in this mm. show as well um, Inner Circle came down to the ring crowd started swearing at Jericho so we told them to watch their mouths which <laughs> Just made them boo
2: even more Jericho as well just hasn't put a foot wrong for me yeah since Dynamite launched perfect and that is it really because I think
1: you and I could probably agree on this from Double or Nothing to All Out I wasn't that high on the Jericho train. Like, I was like, put the title on Jericho because he's the name. Makes sense, but he's the guy I'm least interested in.
2: It's, he was a confusing gimmick. He seemed to be halfway between Painmaker and something new. Yeah. It wasn't until Little Bit of the Bubbly. That's it. And he just found his character there through yeah. improvisation
1: backstage. Through a handful of words. Yeah. He completely turned this around. And, like, from that, you had the inner circle and the character now completely mm. works. And you're right, it's really it's the, the dynamite era of Jericho has been oh, it's been fantastic week in, yeah. week out. Um, and he talks about how like they've got 10 years of history and how Moxley approached him 10 years ago on how to become a star. And then we had wars, we beat the S word out of each other. Which I thought was a nice touch because Jericho had told the crowd to mind yeah. your language. Yeah, yeah. Good heel <laughs> stuff. Um, and then he said, I helped uh, Moxley navigate those murky waters to get here in AEW. And basically, the crux of this was to offer Moxley a place in the inner circle. like, so can you imagine? Jericho, Moxley, Big Hurt, Santana and Ortiz, Sammy Guevara. The Spanish God. The Spanish God. That man over there getting really angry at a 16-year-old <laughs> been on the cover of Time magazine. We could all be on the same page. And he hands him the T-shirt and says, don't you, don't you need your answer now? You know, give it the holidays, and we'll talk about this in the new year. It's a lovely way to say, like, we don't have to talk about this next week. And then that's the last live show for the year. Mm. And they walked away, and Moxley sold this so well. That's why I used it as the thumbnail. I just love the face that he was putting to the camera, being like, huh, I've been handed a T-shirt. Jim from The Office.
2: Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> it was... Yeah. It was that look. It was Tim or Jim from The Office. I I, yeah, I thought this was excellent. I it, It's it's normal heel tactics. But, Jericho, obviously, kayfabe doesn't want to face Moxley. No. Like last week, he's reading through the lexicon and he does all those things. Not John Moxley, not John Moxley. It was a great promo. And here he's doing a, the same thing, but in a different tactic of, well, why don't you join me? Yeah. This is Jericho. He's motivated from a place of fear. Great character trait for a heel. So, but it is also kind of a standard thing. You know, oh, you don't want to fight me. You want to join me. I've seen this a thousand times.
1: NWO did it a hundred times.
2: But... When he said that was the, the, this great word, he said, "Now that Moxie and Jericho together, that's a paradigm shift." Yeah, and I was like, "You're you're tapping into what Moxie's motivation is." Yeah, he's annoyed with the company, really. They keep on, t- you know, the the unsanctioned match when he beat Omega. You can that that I can almost believe. I don't think he will, but I can believe. That Moxley would side with him, yeah, and and that makes it such a compelling story overall.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I I think my only my only criticism against this whole thing is that I still would have preferred to hold off on Moxley Jericho, and because I still felt there was something to be done with Moxley and Omega, mm. like it felt like we should have had that singles match that would have counted. Like I felt like that's what we were building yeah, towards, yeah. and it's now Moxley, oh, sorry, now Omega's doing something different. It looks to be with Hangman. Um, so that's my only critique I've got of this. But given that these are the cards that lay down in front of you, like, actually, this is, this is really good. And I'm really excited to see that segment because you can really play it up and really ham the crowd up as well of him teasing, putting on yeah. the T-shirt, taking off, revealing the T-shirt, ripping the T-shirt off, beating everyone up, paradigm shifts all around. It's going to be a wonderful
2: babyface moment for mm. him. Yeah. It was, a, it was a really strong opening, I thought, just because just Mox has... You know, we've said you don't need a big cliffhanger angle to end AEW Dynamite. You just need a Mox match because yeah. he's got that much charisma. And same with the opening. That this was just as effective as the Young Bucks killing themselves in the main event. Totally, a Mox hardly took a bump. Did, did barely did anything. Smart guy, <laughs> yeah. Kevin. That's Kevin Nash's kind of guy. <laughs> it's a Randy Orton kind of guy. Yeah.
1: Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow. Did we just write an ad? Yes.
2: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more
2: We'll get on to your thoughts on the super chats very quickly, but first, let's do some twenty-five dollar a month or more pledge hammer Patreon shoutouts. Indeed. So go over to Patreon and become a pledge hammer there to get loads of exclusive stuff. Loads us. of fun goodies. Oh, it's the ultimate fan experience. Thank you, Hallomania, Patrick Hall. <laughs> ah, Whoa. yes. Yeah. Former star
1: athlete, now a head coach, Len Delbrunser. Whoa!
2: Harder than its bite. Sean Barksdale. Oh, 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 oh. Ask his future husband, an EOF one man wrecking crew, Skin Tray yeah, yeah, sure. cool. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew. Jim Oh, Let's that's good, that. That's good. Brett, the hitman. Matthew Williams. Whoa, oh, yes. Infinite Crisis. Chris Jenkins. Master of the, the Hammers. Hammer dot, 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 dive. Dylan Cachetta. Thank you very much, Dylan. They drew First Blood, not me grace rambo thank you grace you sold out jay sellers yeah jonathan the headmaster headman lovely and
1: lastly for this round nate dropped surname
2: thank you nate thank you everyone
1: Yes, so, uh, JJ 496 says, Super Chat Party! Sorry, my voice croaked a little bit there. Uh, Great wrestling all through the show. Awesome main event. Characters and storylines progressing. Not liking everything have rules.
2: Uh, yeah. What do you mean? But where, where would the rules have been? Well,
1: I, up? I think in the tag <clears throat> match, um, the Hangman Page Omega there was a moment when Joey Janela effectively attacked Sean Spears, yeah, and it wasn't a DQ, and they just brawled to the yeah, back. I guess so, yeah. I I, 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 I mean, I said it in my review. I thought it was a uh,
2: didn't bug me. I, I, but we'll get on to that later. I yeah.
1: Suppose. Um, Colostopia says MJF is the worst. Brackets best.
2: <laughs> He's working your brother.
1: And Jade Star says, how long before Mox takes the title off of Jericho?
2: Well, if he even is going to take the title off him, I, I think. Um, so you, you said that you don't really want them to pull the trigger on Jericho Mox right now. I don't think they have to. I think you can. I think AEW is smart enough. And this is what I would always do if I was booking a promotion is weave fe- feuds in and out of each other. Mm-hmm. So maybe Mox is going to face Jericho, but Omega attacks him and you have a three-way, and then, you know, mm. you sort of... Yeah, yeah. I don't know, there's there's ways around it.
1: Yeah, I, I could... If to, if I was to put money on anything, which I'm not really a betting man, but I would have thought that um, it would be Kenny Omega to be the man to take the
2: belt off of Jericho. I mean, I think it should be Cody. Maybe they can't challenge for the title anymore, I know, right? I don't know how they're going to get round that. <laughs> I just, that baby face moment of Cody <laughs> winning the belt. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen.
1: Uh, Jake C says, who should the Dark Order feud with first?
2: Nightmare Collective. <laughs> G- gimmick on a pole match. The Ascension. <laughs> uh, who should they feud with first? I don't know. It's almost like they've got too many tag teams at the moment. Best Friends is one you,
1: know, you can play them off, luring someone away. Jurassic Express. Because they kind of already started that with trying to yeah. get Marco Stunt to become That's a creeper. That's probably
2: the best first feud. Not their, per- their first like, proper serious feud. Yep. But because I think that would be with the Bucks. Um, right, well we'll do two more
1: Dustin Turner says I was at the show last night And the intensity of the crowd Was higher than most WWE shows I've been at The crowd was younger too
2: Oh, interesting mm. Yeah, always always interesting to hear About the actual demographics Of people going to shows When you say younger I assume you mean Teenage early 20s As opposed yeah. to WW, How WWE skewers Which is kids, kids and families Yeah And lastly All Elite DK says TLC came early Thanks to AEW <laughs> That's how you do it well, I'm sure WWE will have some. I'm looking forward to a lot of the TLC matches, actually.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, Flair and Lynch versus oh, the Kabuki Warriors in yeah, TLC. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that more than I am Roman Corbin in TLC. Definitely.
2: Although I, I love Corbs. I just want to see. Now, now that Punk likes him, I, I feel oh, like oh, him really want to. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, just remember to go to luchabritannia.com to get your tickets for tomorrow's show it's got Cara Noir it's got Callum Newman some of the most exciting wrestlers in the UK at the moment that's in Bethnal Green in the East End of London the East End. East End but let's get on we'll get to the rest of your super chats after we've done the full play-by-play review of the show and if there's any left over
1: wrestletalk.com where we'll have our after
2: party so uh, so keep those coming in super chats are back cuts aren't aren't back
1: well people loved them so much. If you want to hear Ollie's unfiltered <laughs> thoughts on that, check out there. This week's podcast.
2: I just don't think the concept of cutting between people is so bad. <laughs> no, because that's what everybody else does. I know. with the mock stuff as we've already said and then we got the tag match that was set up well two weeks ago now i suppose it was the butcher and the blades debut aew match against cody rhodes and his tag partner qt marshall
1: yes so qt marshall is a guy that was featured on aew dark uh, a number of weeks ago Mm -hmm. he's a backstage guy but he was a wrestler but then decided that i think his story is that he got Injured so badly, he kind of transitioned into this. He's been seen and being the elite for yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you know yeah.
2: all the lead up to all the AW stuff. He, he had that lovely story, didn't he, when the, they first offered him the job? They did that on one of the Road two That's right, I believe yeah. it was him or it could have been the ref- was, there referee. There was Brandon Cutler as well, they did it with uh, yeah, Maybe as well. I'm mixing them up.
1: But um, anyway, the, the story is that AW essentially have given him a chance, so he was just going to have one match on Dark. I think that was the story they were going to do. But then he was picked for this here, and I said this last week in a kayfabe world, it makes sense that it's Cody versus QT Marshall, but it doesn't lead to the most enticing of matches. Mm. However, it totally worked for this match. And this was a very good mm. match. I feel like I've been an island when it comes to the Butcher and the Blade because I, I loved the debut. I loved the promo last week. I loved the look of the group. Mm. And I was really excited to see what they do. And I loved this match. And I love the Butcher and the Blade. Am I am I still alone? Because I, 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 I think this was, I thought this was
2: great, it's, I think aside it's, from that one bot spot. Uh, I. So I th- th- coming out of this, I was most into Q T Marshall. I thought he was absolutely fantastic yeah. in this, and he got he, yeah, he did butch stuff. But well, it wasn't Q T Marshall's fault that it was the
1: the butch. It was mm. they had a, a, a moment a on
2: outside. Well, yeah, he
1: he whips Cody to do a dive onto the butcher, but the butcher hadn't stood up, so the butcher was still down on the ground. So okay, by the time Cody was doing the dive, mm. he was
2: already still down. He was just slightly out of position. So but, unfortunate. Yeah, so I, I really like Marshall coming out of this, um, and and i wish that and this is one of dynamite's huge faults that i think they look at everything especially coming off the success of being the elite oh people watch being the elite and they watch dynamite everyone watches everything to me that's a comic book mistake oh, yeah. of no not everyone is reading the titans yeah you've got to, you've got to tell your stories and the main stuff in in your central title yep and then you have supplementary material, not stuff that actually informs the stuff. So, like a two-minute video package, yep. or maybe just a couple of spots if you've booked this in advance over the last three weeks with Completely. QT Marshall. Yeah, That's, and that makes this match really, really good, as opposed to me getting into it a third of the way in yeah. when Marshall gets a, some form of hot tag. And the same thing applies to the Butcher and the Blade. They. When they were in there, I, th- I really enjoyed them wrestling, particularly the butcher. He's just got this awesome look about him.
1: I love it when he just gets in the ring just lunges his way around the ring. It was wonderful.
2: And Excalibur put them over better than anything. He said, the blade is, you know, he's the brains, he's the tactics, the, he's the blade. Yeah. And the butcher is the brawler, he's the muscle. And then the butcher tags in for the first time. I'm like, oh, crap, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. It was really well done, but... That's what happened with the Dark Order. Like, I only got into the Dark Order after three matches, and me going, man... Uh, Stu Grayson. Stu Grayson is really, really good. I don't know why they're doing it this awkward way round, when they should have introduced them via video packages, give them something, just like they're doing with the Dark Order now.
1: That's what we said about the Dark Order. They did it out of order, yeah. ironically so, mm. which is that they debuted them, had them kind of, like, pushed them to the moon, then realised it wasn't getting over, so stop that push, and then started the build for them to what would have been that first, that push yeah. first time round. It's madly out of order. And you could say the exact same thing with this. But like we said it two weeks ago when they debuted. Crowd didn't know who they were, crapped all over it. I liked the presentation of it, but the execution wasn't great because there was no build to it. <coughs> mm. It's the same with the QT Marshall. I think you calling it a comic book thing is, is really quite apt. But to pull it back to a positive though, I thought the match was great. Yeah. I thought this crowd were so into Cody Rhodes. Like, nice. He's
2: everyone's brother.
1: And when he made his entrance, the crowd went mm. ballistic. And when they and they built so beautifully to his hot tag. That
2: was masterful. It was so good. Uh, yeah, I wrote down the exact same thing because it was you, you know, hope spots in wrestling where it's in a tag match and the the beat down baby face keeps going for the hot tag, but you get a hope spot, hope spot. And it's very formulaic in other companies (laughs) but here oh my this was like an NXT match you know like those classic or uh, Undisputed Era versus Moustache Mountain last year the whole match was based around Hope Spots they never made the hot tag it was just mind blowing what they did and it was like yeah because you'd have uh, the Butcher run in beat down Marshall cut him off then there was another cut off then Marshall would Dip the ropes and the butcher yeah. would fall through. Oh, he's going to make the hot tag. Oh, oh but butcher but- takes him off the apron. Fantastic. So,
1: yeah. so good. But then when Cody does get the hot tag, yeah. crowd goes bonkers. Absolutely amazing. He just brilliantly runs wild, including a uh, double spring broad cutter, which mm. looked fantastic. Um, yeah, and it was just like then it was just big spot after big spot. QT Marshall did a double handspring um, splash, which looked really, really fun.
2: I just thought this was great. Yeah, and it had a nice finish as well. Cody, well, Ali raked Cody's eyes, and Cody, I don't know if they didn't play it up on commentary, but in my head, she might have hit the the scar scar as well. And Cody's just rolling around, trying to get back into the match, and he does for a little bit, but you can tell he's really selling. Oh, actually, I can't see. I thought it was very effectively done. Uh, And that played into the finish where QT's isolated. (laughs) <laughs> horrible, well, a horrible in a good way looking finisher. This butcher suplex into the blade's double knees yeah. on the back uh, for the win for the butcher of the blade and the bunny.
1: And because the story that Cody started last week was that all my friends are busy. Young Bucks are dealing with Santana on Ortiz. Mm. Um, Dustin's busy with Jake Hager in the inner circle. I've got no allies. Brandy is awkwardly
2: uh. She's doing
1: stuff. Um I've got no one to to have my back which is why I was teamed with QT Marshall here and then Darby Allen comes down to the ring massive pop for Darby Allen as well and he shakes the hand of Kelly Rose and helps him up what a wonderful moment says like, I've got your back mm. we can take on the butcher and the blade together
2: love that loved yeah. it uh and <laughs> see you later QT good try mate good try mate got to get that apple now <laughs> the yeah, I, I I thought the butcher and the blade looked really good through the the in ring wrestling here. I'm excited to see them, uh, but I can't. It is awkward the placement they've been given because they just feel like the mini boss before the main boss of MJF. Yeah, so it immediately slots you into a certain position, and you know not everyone can be at the top. But I I just wouldn't have done that with a debuting act. I would have done that with a. Established one.
1: Yeah. Did you see the um, the MJF thing last week?
2: Yeah, the where, the interview. Yeah.
1: Yeah, where he said that he paid off the butcher and the blade to
2: attack him. Yeah. Like, Why didn't you put this on TV? It's got, that's yeah. That was on dark or is it on? No, just, it was just, on it was YouTube. just on their YouTube channel. Like
1: on Twitter. Like what a what a ridiculous thing to have done. <sighs> like is. you put, put it in front of your largest
2: audience. It's a weird oversight. I, I think it's weird. And it's one it's one of the only things they haven't remedied yet, where where they they spread their stories across. Too many media. Yeah. They're the Wachowskis telling the Matrix. <laughs> That's the no problem. Uh, so after that, we get MJF. Speaking of, he comes down to the ring with Wardorf Salad. What were you going to call him? I forgot. Well, him. I called him
1: Statler and Wardlow. Statler and Walls, Um I like the uh, MJF while walking to <laughs> the ring threw his gum at a fan. <laughs> what a dick move. Um, and he tells one of the grips to get into the ring, yeah. one of the grips on the outside, and says that the grip uh, laughed last week when Cody made fun of. MJF's attempt at the crossroads, Mm. and he tells him to kiss the ring. When he tries to do so, he slaps him and gives him the double cross, and then said, "Look pretty good to me."
2: (laughs) It did. It looks so much better. Did, Uh, but yeah, very funny. And then MJF, like, he worked me, man. Yeah. He, I, he cut a promo that I genuinely was like, "Don't do that, mate." I I thought, I thought it went too far, but it's. It's within, that's what he wanted. Yeah. So he he makes fun of how Cody just called him a low-rent Jericho. And then went at Cody with just cosmetic insults, really. You know, real bully-like insults. Yeah. He said, your hair's like a cat's pissed on it or something where it's blonde. Uh, your teeth are so big. I can't remember the the comparison. I think he just said, yeah, they were all over the show. And then said, and
1: targeted his lisp.
2: I don't know why that that got to me so much because yeah. that is, I guess it's kind of the thing at school where if you have, I don't know, I always had tremendous sympathy for people with lisps or who were slightly overweight. It's like,
1: or like speech impediments and yeah, things like, that. Yeah.
2: like Don't go there. There's, there's far more fun things to take the pick out of people. <laughs> well, for. particularly as well that, you know, we're not, we're not we're not trying to
1: reference other companies. Yeah. But Cody's previous employer bullied him for the fact that he had a lisp and he had to get, you know, elocution lessons mm. to try and get rid of it. And that's something that's got a weight on your mind, you know, mentally over the years.
2: Yeah, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it. I, I think it's really good that they did do it and they went there because it's gonna. It just. It's all about AEW, not. A- Sorry,
1: not, you just said that. I think it was a good thing that WWE bullied him for having. I love a list. all the
2: JR stuff. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about AEW and MJF here. Of course, all of this is signed off on by Cody as well. This, this is coming from a creative place. Yeah, uh, and. It just yeah, it it got to me in in a way that doesn't usually. I was like, oh, you know, I I know I know it's a a work a work, but I was still like, come
1: on, man. Well, he does. He is one of the few heels in this business that can generate genuine heel heat. Mm. Like last year, Tommaso Ciampa was one of those guys. Sammy Callahan yeah is one of those guys. But even that now feels like that's turning the tide. No one's loving him because he's so good. But MJF is a guy that's just like, no, no, I just do not like you. And it is genuine heel heat. It's not go away heel heat. It's genuine
2: wrestling heel heat. And I think one of the crucial parts of it is before the full-on heel turn against Cody, his heel promos did have comedy in. You know, yeah. He call people fat. It, you know, it was funny stuff. He'd say he slept with people's mums. It was good stuff. What he's doing now, and it's got to be a conscious effort, is they are just... Nasty things, yeah, and it's it's making me dislike him. Not not as a person, I just you know as yeah. a character, and that's exactly what you want because I've got the complete opposite feeling for Cody, which is like you know he's my brother.
1: Yeah, uh, but the key to this promo is that he accepted mm. Cody's challenge. Doesn't need any of his crap, like or any of his money. He's accepted his challenge, but there will be some stipulations. But he won't go over those stipulations now. Not in Dallas. <laughs> No, he's going to wait until Jacksonville, which will be the January 1st show.
2: Yeah, big show that's, that's shaping up to be. I yeah. guess we get Mox's answer as well. Smart building, because uh, they've already got everything for next week's show, and then it's sort of a week. Are they doing a show, or is it going to be a tape show for I have Christmas no idea, Day? to be honest. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he ended that promo with, I'm better than you, and you know it. Is that was that's, that always his, ca- always that was always catch. his catchphrase? Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. And then we got a Dark Order promo. Love these Dark
1: Order yeah. promos. And this time it was, so it's the Beaver Boys, who we saw earlier in the night with Alex mm-hmm. Reynolds getting beaten by uh, Moxley. They've also been beaten on Dark. And it cuts to Alex Reynolds and he's going through his phone looking at the results from AEW Dark where they got beaten. And he's, in a, and he's in this hotel room and there's like an infotainment television Yeah. being through like, hey, welcome to our hotel. You can use the spa. Why not order some room service? Hey, Alex, why are you such a loser? Yeah. <laughs> And then Alex is like, huh? He's like, yeah, no, Alex, I'm talking to you. And he talks about, like, hey, you don't have to be a loser. Just come join the Dark mm-hmm. Order. And it goes, like, really creepy and stuff. And he's like, and then order some pizza. It was yeah. a really, really, really well cut together. Creepy as well. And then his tag partner walks in and says, who are you talking to?
2: And he's like, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was really, really cool. So that's we've had these really inventive Dark Order promos for about three, four weeks now. And... They've had members of the public, members of the public, actors, but non-wrestlers. And this was the first time we've got a wrestler act, which is which says to me they're they're actually getting wrestler minions. Yeah. It's just a shame that Brandy's doing the exact same gimmick. Well, maybe that's what happened. Brandy was in a uh, sort of a hotel room or penthouse apartment yeah. later on. Maybe she's going to flip on the telly and the Dark Order <laughs> will recruit her. <laughs> a recruitment off. Uh. Uh, then we got... Because, you know, there can't possibly be storyline progression or or the power rankings actually meaning anything in AEW's women's division. Yeah. They still haven't figured it out, folks, but we do have Big Swole.
0: So Big Swole uh, yeah.
2: was signed last week and yeah, announced it, it this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, totally. And she took on get this? Emi Sakura. No, Emi Sakura. Oh what? <laughs> Emi Sakura. Yeah, I was practicing before we came in here, <laughs> and I think just before my brain said it was like, no, not that one, this one. Yeah, Emi Sakura.
1: You were close, man. You were close. I was wrong.
2: <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> Cheers.
1: Um. Yeah, they show um Hikaru Shida in the crowd and say that she is ranked number one, but barely. And I thought, okay, well that's interesting then. I mean, do we want to talk about the match they announced next week?
2: Yes, let's do that first.
1: So they announced a match for next week, which is Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander in a number
2: one contenders match. Who and they are the fourth and fifth ranked people in the power rankings.
1: How are they in number one contendership matches then? If Akarashida is ranked number
2: one, I don't know. I don't know, Luke. It's uh, I. <laughs> This isn't hard no, it's not. to get it, right. They do it right everywhere else. I know. I just, I don't know what's going on
1: here. Like the main event of this show was the Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz, who were ranked number one and number two, and they said, "Well, this is a number one contenders mm. match."
2: It makes sense. And the Jungle Boy and Scorpio Sky stuff has been gotten round that they're not the number one contenders. Yeah. Uh, I, d- I, yeah I, d- I don't. Well, Jungle Boy
1: not even a title match.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I just don't know why they're. Weirdly dropping the ball, struggling
1: on, with it on the women's. Division. It's really, really weird. And I've also like so I big. Swall looked, you know, great. This was a, a match that was
2: designed to get her over. I really like her. She, she was in the battle royal earlier this year. Yeah, and she just she's got so much charisma. She's she's still a raw talent, but out of all the raw talents they've signed recently, she's by far my favorite. She's the wife of Cedric Alexander.
1: Ah, I believe. Ah, yeah. Cool. Um, here's my issue with this, though. Emi Sakura is a legend in women's wrestling in Japan. You know, they said here in 2009 she was ranked the best women's wrestler mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. Great accolades. Problem is, because she hasn't had a US contingency, she isn't over that veteran status. So when Big Swole beats her here, it doesn't feel like the big, oh my God, she beat the legendary yeah. Emi Sakura. So it doesn't really... Quite work. And it's unfortunate, actually, I was talking to a friend of mine recently about um, Emi Sakura, and they were talking about how her queen shtick. Sorry if I've I've been a bit phlegmy in the. I might need to stop talking for a second so Mm. I can try and compose myself. Um, But uh, her queen shtick gets over massive in Eve and gets over massive in the UK because queen is a big part of sort of UK pop culture. So when she does like the, hey, the crowd responds to it. When she does it in America, it, no one, no one does the call and response. They like that bit, though. Yeah, but they don't do all the other call and response Dodgeball.
2: They probably think it's a weird dodgeball gimmick.
1: So it doesn't quite get over to the same degree that it probably should do. Mm. But AEW keep pretending like Amy Sakura is over to that sort of like
2: legendary status. Yeah, it's. I mean, and the, I don't the, think it. I don't think it's working. The, I mean, the whole women's division isn't working. So what we got here was big swoll had, had had a, a good showing. Um it was it was a little bit sloppy at times. Uh, but there was a great uh, rolling surfboard stretch oh, yeah, for yeah Yeah, that was great. Really, was really great. good. And Swole's facials were really good. There was a bit of mic stand, shenanigans in the middle. But but Swole won. And I was like, Cool, I like Big Swole. But um, you know, I had this with Chris Statlander the other week and and Shanna, uh, like the a few weeks before then. And I I I just thought, where's Rio? Fair enough, you're keeping her off TV. She's the champion, but I really think she should be around more. We haven't seen her since Full Gear, right? Nope. But then I was... But, okay, you're, you're making the champions feel special. Where's Jamie Hayter? Where's B Priestley? Where's Britt Baker? Nyla Rose has been written out. Like, all of the people you spent your pay-per-view era building, you're just not using. Yeah. And you're instead bringing in new signees to the women's division every week and having them beat Emi Sakura... Yeah, go that time. <laughs> and, and I'm like, but what? what is the division? To what you, end? You can only do this once every couple of months, really. There's only so many, wow, plucky, upstart, new signees I can, I can really absorb. And it then doesn't help the
1: fact, as we said earlier, that you establish in this match that Hikaru Shida is ranked number one and then announced later in the show that Britt Baker and Chris Statlander are having a number one
2: contendership match. So, yeah, it's, it's all over the place. It's it's good wrestling, yeah. kind of, but, you know. It's meaningless. Yeah. Uh, after this, we got Pac having an interview backstage. Oh, I love Pac. Yeah, he's really good. He wants his rubber match with Omega <laughs> Pet. Very good. <laughs> it's like he was in the room. Yeah. Now, what was interesting there, he said, if you don't give it to me, my rubber, mm-hmm. I won't be accountable for what I do next. So I'm like, cool. Yeah. I, wa- I don't want Kenny to give you the match. I want to see Pac flipping out at people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Excited for Particularly that.
1: Particularly because Omega, based on this next match, has also got some other stuff on his plate.
2: Yeah, it was Kip Sabian and Sean Spears. We got an inset promo from Tully Blanchard during this, uh, who wasn't <laughs> so clunkily not out there uh, for for, re- for reasons. It was... Yeah, we'll awkward, get to it. Awkward booking. Uh, but Tully says, look, Sean's trying out Kip as a potential tag team partner here. Yeah. I thought, do we need another tag team? You well, know, Tully
1: seems to think so. The, you know, Sean's singles career is hardly flourishing at the moment. So Tully, as a manager, has been like, hey, well, just, I'm
2: a tag team guy. Mm. Move into the tag team era. On Spears' name bar, it had on his name bar four straight singles wins. Yeah. It's a pretty good singles record.
1: <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Uh, I, I did know. like um, Pages
2: one where I just like spent last week home alone with a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everyone comes out, and Omega's reaction is crazy. Yeah, the 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 the, the roof the roof lifts off the place. That's He's the a Amazing. Star. Well, yeah, he is. Book him like it. I know. I, I'm. I'd feel like I'm being weirdly down on AEW. I'm not really enjoyed the episode. By the way, it's just. There are, there are a few easy wins. Yeah. And that is, Kenny Omega should be having amazing singles, squashes, or matches, or whatever. It's like they're all afraid to to admit to being the best in the
1: world. They they don't want to jarrett it. Yeah. I think that's the key here, is none of them want to jarrett this. And I think that's... in and, and what,
2: what a weird but
1: understandable lesson to take com- from the last two decades. Completely. Um and yeah, the Kenny one, I think it's quite perplexing. He is, excuse me. I think he is one of the few people that feels like they should be pushing as more of a breakout star of all of this. You know, I'm Simon, Housemate Simon and I were chatting about this the other mm. week. And he feels since AEW, Kenny Omega's lost all of his luster. And I was like, the worst part about this is that was also by design. Yeah. The whole point of Kenny's story this year is supposed to have been, I've lost all my luster. And... Yeah, granted, from a character perspective, that's quite interesting. But from a wrestling perspective, it just means you're no longer the best wrestler in the world. And I don't know if I'm as into you as I was this time <laughs> yeah. last year. Yeah. It's, I and think to it's,
2: what end was it? It's a classic case of the artist wanting to tell a story they think is really, really good and fitting of their character. And they're not wrong. Mm. It's a good story. But is it the most effective story to tell right now? In your first year of AEW as well. It would be a much better story, yeah. In a year and a half, two years' time, there it is. when you've established that character yeah. as the best in the world and being an everyone and being amazing and being the biggest star in the company. Yeah. But, you know, onto the positives. This was a cracking tag team really match good. with
1: four excellent professional wrestlers yeah. doing excellent professional wrestling, lots of fun heel shenanigans with them distracting the referee, so Penelope Ford can get in there and do the Zelina Vega, Hurricane runner off mm-hmm. the apron and doing a couple of handspring elbows. She's fun awesome. Stuff. She is great. Fun stuff. I really like the pairing of her and, and Kip.
2: Kip is also so good at being that that kind of heel. Very similar to Sammy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was a bit when he got caught in between jewel chops from Omega I've and Page.
1: chop pinball.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh Then, uh, unfortunately, it became a bit overbooked. Yeah, Um, Tully wasn't out there, and I felt his absence was awkwardly noticeable. Yeah, And I thought, well, maybe they're doing that because Ford's out there, and she's interfering a lot in the match. Maybe it'd just be too quick. Overkill. Yeah. But then the lights cut out uh, nearly the end. It's Sean Spears' entrance. It comes up on the ramp, and Tully is tied on on the chair by Joey Janela. And he's put his sunglasses on him as well. Yeah. Um, and
1: so Joey's there being like, I'm Joey
2: Janella And Sean
1: Spears runs up, frees Tully Blanchard, and then he and Joey brawl and brawl to the back. So mm. Kip's left on his own.
2: And that's the, the sort of raw annoyance, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And
1: the crowd kind of died off because it was weird. Mm. I don't think it really got over. And we were left in this situation where Kenny was just beating up Kip Sabian. So they started a second storyline for this finish.
2: Hey, but I loved this story I was about to
1: say I really really cannot
2: wait to see where this storyline goes particularly with the match they've announced for next week one of the best moments in wrestling ever is Wrestlemania can't remember that's how good it was (laughs) (laughs) where Hulk Hogan has Miss Elizabeth on his shoulders and Randy Savage for a second just looks at him like you what mate yeah and that pays off a year later. And that jealousy consumes Macho Man. And there was a moment in this match, at the end actually, when Omega is there. He had the match won. Hits the Snapdragon. I think it was a V-trigger as he well. Hit a
1: V-trigger against the ropes. Was almost setting up to do the one-wing angel. Blind tag from Hangman Page. He jumps in and does the buckshot uh, to get the win. And Kenny Omega's selling of this was so, so good.
2: That's it. It was like... It, and I don't, I'm not saying Omega's going to turn heel. It's just like that... You what, mate? But not like annoyed and the sort of pushing. Yeah, it was just it was perfect. It was perplexion.
1: Yeah, where he essentially like, and I've watched it back a couple of times now, just watching Kenny and all of this because a mate like as pack pack page just like just celebrates being like, yes, I won, which is good because page feels like he needs to start getting some of these wins mm. because his win loss record is patchy in AEW. You know, he lost the first title match, yeah. and then he's lost to MJF and he's lost it then the other. So he needs some of these wins. So to him, this is a big deal. And watching Kenny, and he just looks at him, and he's just like, I mean, yeah, I guess it worked. It was a really interesting dynamic. i just like, I don't agree with the tactic, but I suppose it got us a victory. So I can't fully disagree with it. But at the same time,
2: I don't think you needed to blind tag in. I think I had the match won. You're my mate. Yeah. But you're being a bit of a dick. But I know you're going through some hard times right now. And we won. He said all of that with two seconds of face.
1: It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm so intrigued by all this. And they announced next week those two are facing the Lucha Brothers. I mean, that on paper just sounds great as it is. It's going to be some
2: slappy moves.
1: I'm just so interested to see what this dynamic is between Omega and Paige is going to be next week. Because Paige has left the Elite. You know, He's going
2: out on his own. It's it's so interesting. I'm really really into this. From those highs of storytelling might hmm. crash down to consistently the <laughs> worst thing in AEW. Unfortunately, I hate ragging on her because I really like her. Love Brandy, uh, but this isn't good. Brandy Rhodes is now in a sort of hotel room penthouse suite. She unclips what I thought was going to be her whole dress, but was just like a bit of fabric on her Wishful waist. Wishful thinking. I just, I just, I, yeah, it was just a weird thing to do. I don't know. why. Like, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> was, yeah, uh, she's
1: in, yeah, she's in this penthouse thing. She's like, where's Riho been? Good question. She's hey. so
2: small, she's disappeared. I thought that was a good line. Yeah,
1: and she says that uh, Brit is just here to consistently mention her boyfriend. She's just a groupie. Now I know what you're thinking. I mention my husband all the time. We've been married seven years.
2: I didn't think that was good because no. Britt Baker's never mentioned Adam Cole. <laughs> no. The uh, commentary team has. Yeah. You should you should take aim at her being a dentist. Yeah. I I don't think yeah, I thought that was misjudged.
1: I thought it was as well. And then she said that the offer to Statlander, still stand Lanza. <laughs> nice. Um and the woman with who had her head shaved last week was there and a bald man was also there, but Brandy told him not to reveal himself just
2: yet. So multi multigender. I thought it was just going to be a women's faction. Yeah. Any ideas on who it will be? I don't know if I care enough to even consider. That's the problem, isn't it? Because there's been so many debuts yeah. in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, in Dynamite's existence. I think we should close the doors now, apart from Luke Harper. And that's in March. And Marty Scurll, Yeah. And, PCO. The Rev- and the Revival. Yeah. <laughs> but we should close the doors Maybe now. Maybe the hardies. Apart reasons. from everyone I liked. And... Just focus on building the talent that you've got because you've got Kenny Omega and Pentagon. <laughs> and really, that's all I want to see him in, for infinity. Right, uh, onto some yes. positivity now. Uh, Jericho comes out and uh, ejects
1: Tony Schiavone and Excalibur from the commentary desk.
2: To- uh, you said his name wrong? Tony Schiavone.
1: Is it? Is how Jericho says oh, it. it. Oh, is it? Okay, do apologize. But he, I love the when so Jericho and Hager are there to provide commentary. Hager says nothing, which is part of the good gag about it. Um, angrily tweeting about uh, Greta, Greta Thunberg. But he, um, <laughs> he was there. Jericho said, Excalibur's an idiot. Here's what lexicon means. I went through the Greek
2: translation of lexicon. He was on absolute <laughs> Oh, God, fire. he was so good. Did you pick up on this as well? He called Luchasaurus 6-7. Did
1: it? I did not pick up on this. That. Is a reference
2: <laughs> to uh, the thing that sort of came out over the weekend, where where there was a Roman Reigns promo on SmackDown. You, you see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw your news about mm, it as well. And Reigns says Baron Corbin's tall. He's six six, nearly six eight. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Owens tweets about it, saying. I, this, this happened before, like several years ago. Are we not allowed to say 6'7? And Corey tweeted back, maybe joking, maybe genuine, being genuine. No, it's on the ban list. So, for whatever reason, Vince McMahon doesn't like the height 6'7. It was just that, that that's how you do a jab, a, a funny jab at the other promotion. Yeah. Not, not like Brandy's uh, weird Adam Cole reference, baby. I, do you know what?
1: I just love Jurassic Express. Yeah, I in the same way that I love when Moxley's music hits, mm. I get the same thing when I see Jurassic Express come out. When Luchasaurus is carrying Jungle Boy and then Marco Stunt skids underneath them, the music is great. The entrance Titantron is great. Their whole presentation yeah. is just so so good. I love this team. I mean, they suck as a team because they never win. <laughs>
2: like Jungle Boy's record is zero and eight. <coughs> But I, ju- I just, I think they're great. It is, it's like, yeah. There's the, the little ventricle of my heart that's for Moxley, but they've got a different part of the heart. Yeah. And it's the more like childlike wonder. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it was a really nice. So it was Luchasaurus versus Sammy Guevara. Really nice way to build Jericho versus Jungle Boy next week. Um, it was a pretty, pretty quickish match.
1: It, most of it took place during the ad break, yeah. unfortunately. Um, and Luchasaurus hit the tombstone, sort of like. I've written tombstone splash for the win. I guess
2: mm. it was a really cool spot when, and it was when the the crowd properly got into it. Sammy Guevara did the Andrade or Kota Ibushi. I guess I don't know who mm. did it first. The miss a moon stand yeah. up, try and hit the other moon but then he missed that, and then he went for a shooting star, but Luchasaurus <laughs> catches him on the ground in a choke slam. It's
1: really really good. Yeah.
2: Uh, but as soon as luchasaurus wins jericho and hager are all like as soon as the referee's not even finished counting three they're already running down there it's yeah. great great uh, work from them
1: and they all brawl and uh, in all of this jungle boy <laughs> hits like a hurricane run a pin on jericho marco stands slides in counts the three and they celebrate like they've just pinned jericho and jericho's just shouting that didn't count that didn't count sold the lot the-, the loss yeah perfectly
2: yeah yeah jericho is per- like He's on another level right now. I've written here, and I hope he does this. In 10 years' time, when he's not wrestling anymore, he was so good on commentary, he could be the next generation's Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, that's a really good shout. For what Jerry was for me when I was growing up on the Attitude Era commentary, Jericho was so good on commentary here, he could be that kind of heel colour commentator.
1: He could do all of that without the sexism
2: and racism. And that's, but I'm sure, like in 30 years after that, there'll be new things <laughs> yeah. that, that make me feel awkward. Uh, then AEW announced NXT Takeover Revolution. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: <know>. for- <laughs> I thought it was Evolution at first. I was like, "Oh lads, lads, we've already had this one."
2: February 29th is going to be the pay per view in Chicago, downtown Chicago. Mm. They said a leap year day. Yes, it is.
1: Yeah, and it's. Um, I think it's also part of a comic book convention. Mm, smart move. Uh, So yes, AEW Revolution is their next pay-per-view. And they announced next week we're getting Lucha (laughs) Brothers versus Omega Page. Yes. um, Jungle Boy versus Chris Jericho in a 10-minute match. Britt Baker versus Chris Stantler in a number one contenders match. And they say that Riho is going to be there to to watch the match.
2: Uh, But the main event was was setting up the other big match next week, the tag team title match and that was that this was the number one contenders match for that really it was a texas street fight because we were in texas great crowd uh young bucks versus proud and powerful and that the young bucks weren't even off the ramp for their entrance when it got started yeah. absolute chaos million miles a second just insanity
1: absolute insanity from the get go like right at the start of this match they put brandon cutler through the stage mm. and then um Nick Jackson did a big swanton off the entrance tunnel through a table.
2: There was also an indie driver on the ramp. Then uh, Nick sent on... Oh, yeah, we've done that one. Uh, they get into the ring. SCU are at ringside holding the titles, watching on. Uh, Santana starts getting the trash cans in. They put it on Nick. They start hitting Nick with kendo sticks.
1: <coughs> and then Matt jumps in wearing a Dallas Cowboys uh, American football helmet. Which we've got a massive pop really anyway funny. because it's you know it's local sports team heat, and you know proud and powerful try to punch it and it hurt their hand, ah! <laughs> oh, Trying to hit them with the sock thing and it doesn't work. Yeah, it was ineffective. Uh, and he has this big double
2: spear. It was wonderful. And then Matt does the three Northern Lights suplex chain, but the third one is over the top rope through a table outside. Just bef- just when you've ca- caught your breath for that, Santana dives through the ropes on the other side. No, no, so
1: it's sorry. Okay, so. Matt does that one. He then charges at Ortiz, who backdrops him over, so Matt goes through a table. And then Ortiz runs against the rope and does a cannonball oh to God. the outside to put Nick through a table. <clears throat> and that was that was the first 3 minutes of this match.
2: Yeah. And then there was a slight ad break. Uh fourth Nick 450 on a trash can, trash can on Ortiz in the ring. And that this was like the first booking spot, I guess. Hager Breaks up the referee count. There's a ref bump. And then Dustin's brawling with Hager, which should have been the story they were telling the last couple of weeks. I don't know why they went away from that. Uh, but sure, that's we're back to where we should be with them. Um... That Nick falls through a table, there's a bang for the, your buck for a visual pin, but Aubrey Edwards runs down, she's too late, kick out. Big
1: Aubrey chants.
2: Uh Low blow from Ortiz, street sleeper on a trash can on that mat. But now Nick pulls out Aubrey Edwards to stop that That count. Just insanity.
1: And then eventually we got a, uh, <laughs> a super kick uh, to the chair, into the face, melts a driver <laughs> onto some chairs uh, for a Bucks win. Just a... Great chaotic main
2: events. Yeah, it was absolutely it was just crazy. It wasn't, you know what? It wasn't to my tastes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was rushed. No one could really sell anything, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I think this kind of match really has a place on Dynamite to get that crowd that does like that stuff. Yeah, in, which is, you know, hopefully your your lapsed fan or your teenage boy yeah completely uh, overall I thought this was a cracking episode um, you know a cracking episode in the terms of it was solid so, yeah like I, gave, by, I call
1: it solid as well by
2: AEW standards I give it a high uh, 3 out of 5 I
1: gave it uh, an AEW sim but I think really it's more likely on that sort of <coughs> low AEW sim uh, bracket yeah yeah.
2: so pretty pretty
1: uh, it's a solid gross. show like, that's exactly why I called it in review it was a solid solid show
2: Icon Linda says, Omega isn't as good as Cody at putting over his OP. Opponents. Opponents, yeah, okay. Huh. Yeah, I I would agree with that. But that's Mm. because Cody's just been incredibly generous. Yeah. I mean, that Sammy Guevara match uh, on the first episode of Dynamite. The Darby Allen match, yeah, one of my favourite matches of the year. The the draw. Well,
1: Fantastic. that's the other thing as well. Is the Omega's just been put in high pro- high profile matches, whereas Cody has been put in, you know, been putting himself into these matches against people like Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, QT Marshall, and, you know, with the Butcher and the Blade. Whereas Kenny Omega's been facing Moxley, Pack. Yeah, you know, it's, it's already the established guys.
2: Uh, yeah, good point. Um, Mike Montiel. Uh, who apparently might have been at the event in person uh, says you can hear my daughter yell let's see what you got princess during dark <laughs> so that's the, the, the post show yeah. that was yeah so, so you look out for that on next Tuesday's broadcast I look forward on YouTube. To it. Also someone tried to steal Justin's mic. Thankfully, they returned it. Justin Roberts, the ring announcer. Hey, don't be
1: stealing his microphone. He needs that. Otherwise, I'd have to go, gee, yeah. Oh, I forgot to do it in my reviews today. What an error.
2: I tell you what that is. Mox is ramp- like, ramping so many people up with his entrance. People are like, it's ECW. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> uh, Jeff Mickle, do you think Luke Harper will join the Dark Order? I If <clears throat> if Brody Lee is joining
1: AEW, I want a singles run. Yeah, I'm... Done seeing Lee as someone second because yeah, that is because that is all WWE have ever wanted him to be. They don't see him as a singles guy. They're like, no, no, no you got to be a tag partner for someone. He's a singles guy, and
2: and, and just look at that Viper in the storyline, Viper in the family storyline. When he was, you know, on the cusp of breaking out into the upper mid card, uh, yeah, he re- he really could be a singles something. Yeah, really want to see him in New Japan though. So I think that's where he's suited for. Yeah. Uh, Nate drops surname. They had a shrink screen MJF promo during Cody's entrance, essentially saying the same thing as last week with picking his partner and hiring Bebe.
1: Problem there though is that, like all of AEW stuff, they get some audio issues sometimes. And that I promo, the, I couldn't hear the audio from it because they were also playing, uh, playing
2: the crowd audio. Yeah, I found I found that difficult to hear. Uh, all Elite DK MJF versus Cody in a Brandy on a Pole match, crying with laughter emoji four times they've written that out they have oh, yeah uh yeah i brandy it's christmas time
1: well i was gonna say i, I think they do mean just the drink brandy because that's what they've
2: spelled <laughs> uh Dwayne cooley when mjf won the ring the diamond ring i knew he would do the cody literal ring of honor gimmick when he made people kiss the ring it's a nice touch mm, yeah yeah because yeah, that's what cody was doing uh kiss the ring yeah when people had to challenge him uh, All elite DK again. Cody is the wrestler of the year for me. I could see that, and he's going to be very high on our list. I think. Yeah. Uh, and then, do you want to do the general wrestle talk related? I
1: will do indeed. Jesse Venable said, "I've missed you guys. Love the soup, soup, super chat return. Also, love Ollie's Irish Chavo Guerrero accent. I can easily say wrestle talk and screenstalker are my go-to YouTube channels. Do you remember this from the Patreon podcast from <sighs> Ramble Club?" Rust talk after dark, rather. Oh, I drink too heavily in those recordings. Yeah. you need to remember. So, and then things. you do very silly things like doing an Irish accent in place of Chavo Guerrero's dialogue. It's very good. Um, Nate drops surname. Ollie is as good at names as Jr. is.
2: Yeah. Yep. Well, one of the best commentators of all
1: time. Uh, Matthew Shield said, "What happened to the Q and A live streams?
2: Those were only ever uh, a thing to make everyone like us again. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked, you fools." Uh, yeah. No, we, we did one for each presenter uh, we, can't, we can't really do one every week uh, But we'll probably do one once every month Once every two months Just so everyone knows Like, hey, we're thinking of doing these this things This is what we're working on, yeah. yeah But initially we just hammered it Because we, we wanted a baby face turn. <laughs> oh, my <bloody> penguin head. <laughs> Oh, my oh, God <laughs>
1: Uh, this is an email that comes in from Dan. Um, I wonder what they're doing. <laughs> who says, Hello to the lovely boys and Val. My name is Dan. I'm emailing you from the, uh, the US in good old Maryland. You know the place. Um, uh, in Washington. I, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for all your work in providing us with all the content you do. Oh, thank you. We know it's a lot. I'm emailing you to say what a joy it is to... to head. I'm emailing in to say what a joy it has been to watch AEW. Hmm. This has kind of been a year of wrestling shows for me. I had the pleasure of going to uh, both the first ever AEW Dynamite and Full Gear. Oh wow! Both of which were amazing shows. As a wrestling fan, it's such a breath of fresh air to watch AEW, um, or as he's written here, AWE.
2: But in awe, awe. awe. That, that's I, I still find AEW quite difficult to say. Really, AEW. I really have to AEW. Oh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I just don't think it flows as well as...
1: Well, I struggle things. sometimes by saying WWE. WWE. I mean, I don't think yeah. I'm as bad as Kurt Angle at doing it. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, uh, sorry, back to Dan's email, uh, who said, It's new, but yet familiar. Definitely what I needed mm. and what had become a very frustrating time to be a wrestling fan. As a kid, I would get excited for the Monday Note Wars to come around, and I would be glued to watching TV, either WWE or WWF, and it was called before they got the F out. And it was a great time to be a wrestling fan. AEW has definitely brought back that excitement. That I can't wait for Wednesday feeling so I can wrap up. um, uh, So to wrap up this email before I have to go on too long, I haven't uh, a what time, sorry, I'll butcher that email there. (laughs) To so wrap up this email, before I go on too long, if I haven't already, what a time to be a wrestling fan uh, well into my adulthood. P.S. Thanks again, Wrestle Talk, for the best podcast a guy could ask for. Also, happy birthday to King Chopper Whopper. Basically <laughs> waiting for the inevitable heel turn where you form a tag team with Blake Ham and try and take over the Wrestle Talk kingdom. Hashtag all hail the chop. All hail the. T- another catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Um and I've got a uh, we've got actually quite a few get-betters.
2: Well thanks very much for your for your email Dan. I I feel exactly the same. Aida, I am. You know I I haven't looked forward to a Raw or Smackdown in general. You know like you get the draft episodes, postmania episodes. I would look forward to those, but in general like not that I dread Raw or Smackdown, but I just I just watch it, mm-hmm. you know, no, no real excitement. But legitimately, I will go to bed on Wednesday night eager for Thursday morning to come when we can watch it. And likewise with the ratings. Yeah. That's like my second I wanna watch I wanna watch AEW. And then I really want to know the ratings for it. <laughs> why, but why do fans care about the ratings, Oli? Because it's an interesting business point of view.
1: Well, you know, I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, okay, we've got this email in from Hector that I'm going to read um, before we get, see if we get time to get to it. get better just before we get out of here. Uh, it says, Dear Luke, first off, let me apologise for babbling. As you'll see, this is really hard on me. Not too long ago, I got arrested for something awful. I spent a month in jail for them to just drop the charges and say, my bad. On my last day... Yeah, th- who, who said my bad? They said... Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, for them to drop the charges and say, my bad. Whoa. On my last day there, the corrections officer asked me, how are you going to celebrate getting out of here? I didn't even think I'd uh, heard... You... <laughs> I didn't even think. I heard you in my head say, with a little bit of the bubbly."
2: <laughs> Why did that happen? You You heard us say it and not Chris Jericho say That's it. That's because
1: you say it in such sort a of bizarre way. <laughs> 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 uh uh, anyway, Hector continues. I'm a very liberal nerd. I believe love is love. I believe that everyone should just try and lift each other up because life is hard enough. And I've always felt that way. But when I was 15, I was gifted with a baby brother. He was gay. I never cared. Neither did my family. He has four good parents. The godmothers were a couple. One godfather is bi. And there was me, straight as an arrow. But accepting folks has always just been has always been in me. It's why I connected with you and your co-workers. My brother, however, struggled mightily. No matter how much we loved and accepted him, he could still... Um, he could see and feel the hatred in this world. Hatred for him and others like him. On the 16th, he turns 25, uh, as that'd be the 16th of December. So, uh, it's coming Monday, in fact. Mm. Um, he turns 25. Unfortunately, he won't make it. He OD'd last night. Oh, His organs have failed him and I'm sitting in the hospital uh, parking lot with a, without the strength to go in. See, they're waiting for me. When I go in to say goodbye, they're never gonna, t- um, uh, when I go in to say goodbye, they're going to take him off life support. Uh, this is how I'm going to choose to remember my brother atop my shoulders without a care in the world. I was his hero, and now my arrival at this hospital means his departure. So am I writing you uh, a random YouTuber? And you guys brought me so much joy, such laughter. And you know what? Right now, I need that more than anything. I don't know if after everything I have the strength to walk into that hospital, but I have to for him, so he won't be in pain anymore. Thank you, and thank you, Russell Talk, for all you do, for all the entertainment, and thank you for being the type of man who would, like me, have just accepted AJ. That's from Hector. And that's say email that he's just sent us there, or a picture he sends us there with Hector and his little brother, is off of his shoulders.
2: Oh, Hector. Yeah. And AJ. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's... Kind of puts my camera cut in <laughs> quibbles in perspective. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, oh well. so do, yeah. do, you, do you get in touch again, Hector, and then tell us how everything is. Indeed. It's, uh,
1: well, it's terrible. Let's hope. Uh, let's uh, read this email here. And I wanted to. I'm going to end this on a much lighter note because uh, I'm doing this as a way to effectively make fun of someone. Um, nice.
2: Yeah. that's better. Yeah, that's, I'm more comfortable with that emotion. Exactly. I don't know what these emotions are. I'm feeling.
1: <laughs> um, because I had a, a WrestleTalk get better that was sent in from uh, WrestleTalk.com's Louis Danger Dangor.
2: Oh. Ranger re- Man.
1: The resident WWE Mark. So I thought I'd read his uh, <laughs> email out on
2: the AEW podcast. Louis, of course, writes for the website. It does indeed. Does not like AEW. No. No. It's for stupid marks. People people say we're AEW bias. So as as like a sort of HR quota we have to fill. <laughs> <laughs> we brought on the dangor. Uh, He writes, Dear Luke and Ollie, brackets,
1: I presume he'll be on the podcast when you read this out. Website editor Louis Danger Dangor here, writing today with a rest talk get better of my own. I started working on the site properly in in February 2019. At that stage, I weighed 17 stone and 8 pounds, nearly 112 kilograms. Mm. This is a lot, especially considering I'm only 5 foot 5. Still taller than Pete, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also look in a rather low place in my life, not really enjoying my first year of university. In the summer, after realising I needed to get uh, my weight and mental health in order, I decided to start going to the gym and using the treadmill. I normally hate running. Something having you guys to listen to during the session really helped. Fast forward six months and I've lost three stone and, Whoa, now weigh, and now weigh 14 stone, 8 pounds, 91 kilograms. That's
2: fantastic. And you can put all that on over Christmas. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Get those turkeys, mm. the pink and blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But really, really good. Well done, Louie.
1: Uh, I'm attending the gym three to four times a week and enjoying a calorie counting and watching what I eat. I'm a load more confident and happy in myself. I wanted to write you for two reasons. Firstly, to thank you and the rest of the rest talk team for giving me a sense of purpose. I've really enjoyed working with you guys and helping out where possible. Secondly, I want to try and encourage people to get started if they are struggling with their weight and or mental health. I've always hated working out. Uh, I've always hated working out and doing anything physical, but I found real encouragement in seeing the pounds fall off. Even if one person is helped by my email, I will be happy. Thank you for everything. See you guys soon. Your favorite WrestleTalk.com writer Louis.
2: Be more like Louis, folks. Hon- honestly, there is no and this is this isn't just me saying anecdotal stuff. This is science. If you exercise, you will feel better. There is no greater like sort of treatment for mental health issues than than training and and being active. It's more effective clinically than any medication you can do. That and meditation. And it's cheaper and it doesn't screw up your body. So yes, to be more like Louis, congratulations Louis. That's fantastic news. Fantastic news. And yeah, we will take credit for all of that because we gave you that sense of purpose.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's just it's about time that you and I got recognized for all this work that we do. Uh, but that is all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Uh, but remember, there's another podcast released today. Uh-oh. And it features Chopper Pete and housemate Simon reviewing NXT. <laughs> uh And then I think you and I will be back tomorrow to do the magazine oh, yeah. show. Yes, we will. Um, and are we going to do a TLC show? A uh, TLC um, oh, predictions?
2: We'll have, to. we'll have to. Yeah, now they've announced the card. Yeah. So Cry, we'll, I forgot about that.
1: We'll do predictions tomorrow. Woo. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.